You are listening to episode 62 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John. I am joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and I'll take today's inflation deflation challenge shaken, not stirred. I like that. Very nice, dude. So, uh, as always, let's start for pickups. Ryan, you had none, so... Oh, wait, 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 wait. You did have a pickup. Sort of. Gamefly sent me Fractured Butthole, but I haven't gotten it from the mailbox yet because they only sent it on the 8th, and I don't think it's there yet. It might be. I'll have to check today. Uh, It's so weird, though, because that wasn't even my top pick. Like, so far, it hasn't sent me anything at the top of my queue, which is so weird because like shovel knight treasure trove is what i was expecting and it's got medium availability so i don't know why i wasn't able to get that one i think that i just gotta use it as a as a force to take what comes my way but i don't know how people manage to get exactly what they want on this unless they just wait forever or unless they're first in line somehow so we'll keep figuring it out as we go is it worth it so far Based on your experience, I'd say no. No, definitely not. Like, I was not a fan of Deus Ex Machina like I thought I was going to be, so that was kind of a waste. I know I'm going to like this game, and the fact that I guess I'm $24 in Mm -hmm. and two games, that's still pretty good. Well, and considering that, like, it's a testing aspect, well, I guess, you know, Redbox did away with there as we talked about, I think it was last week. Redbox did away with their video game rentals component that, that we know of. Mm-hmm. And so Gamefly is really your alternative to outside of demos, which you're not always going to have a demo for games. Exactly. So getting to try the game out. If you don't like it, return it, get another game in and continue doing that versus spending $60 on Deus Machina. Exactly. Or Demon X Machina. So coincidentally, uh, I had some pickups as well. One of them being Fractured Butthole on uh, PS4. So, and I spelled that, yes, I spelled that on the outline as butthole. So, uh, I also got Darksiders 3 Collector's Edition, times two. I got two copies of that. Uh, Eagle Flight on the PS4, again, I think this is my fourth copy. And uh, Fractured Butthole and Tiny Troopers, along with Valtherian Arc, I think is what it's called. And that one was interesting. I've seen that on my Amazon, like, continually. And um, it's like a kind of like a sim city type thing it looks like so you're like building a school for rpg heroes Hmm. and it looks like it has like some actual gameplay like fighting elements as well i don't know too much about it it was just one of those things where it was like hey we have four for 20 right now and all 9.99 under and the first thing i find is eagle flight which i know i can get like 15 out of so i'm like all right well if i buy that pays for the other three three so i'm like whatever um there was that, and then Darksiders 3 Collector's Edition, they had two of them on clearance, like full, brand new and everything, 35 bucks a piece. Like, really? Can I turn that down? Yeah. So I picked up two copies. I'll sell one online and, and get some money back and uh, try to break even on that. And then hopefully, um, you know, paid nothing for my games, I guess. There you go. Adding, nothing like free games. Adding to the collection and the hobby and the addiction, and that's just how it goes. You need to take a break from buying new games and buy a new shelf, man. Gosh. Yeah, well, maybe I'm saving up to buy a new shelf for the games. There you go. So, uh, currently playing. I know you don't know what I'm currently playing. I started my new games resolution. Oh, you did? And what do you think of Shenmue? Oh, my God. It has the clunkiest controls of any game I've ever played. It is so frustrating, dude. Uh, Having played Sekiro just recently, 
and then switching over to a game where the camera angles suck, the audio sucks, the character animations suck. Everything about this game so far sucks, other than, I would say, the story component to a sense and the ability to, like, go around and, like, do fun things. But that's going to die really quickly for me. Like, it's not going to be fun after all. Have you been buying a lot of coffees and and doing a lot of gachapons? I did a few gachapons. I've mainly been playing darts and slot machines and then running around waiting for time to get, you know, killed. And the audio just, you know, I told you a while back that I booted up just to kind of hear some stuff. Audio sucks, dude. Like, I'd switch it to Chinese or Japanese like we had talked about, mm-hmm. and the audio is still bad. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it sounds like a really bad recording that's been put over, like, it's just super fuzzy. Yeah. And the characters are just, like, really... It's, it's very stiff. Yeah, like, su- super stiff. And all of the, like, dialogue is just like that, too. So, like, the audio sucks, and you got this dialogue. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm looking for this biker named Charlie. Okay. Yep. Like... Who in Japan is named Charlie? Okay. Well. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that really a common name? Like, I'm talking to Mr. Hatsumoto and Yakamura, and all of a sudden it's like, where's Charlie? Like, what? It'd be like saying, where's Jeff? He could be an expat. Maybe. Maybe. I haven't I haven't come across him yet. Uh, I don't there's... remember. Have you done the forklift racing yet? No, I haven't. So we'll see how that is. Um, but yeah, so the example for Charlie is I go to one guy at his bike shop, and uh, he says, well, uh, Charlie usually comes by here, but you might want to check the jacket shop. So I go, okay. So I stop, and I ask him, and I said, about Charlie? And he says, oh, yeah, he was here not too long ago. You might want to go to see so-and-so at their place, which there's no indication as to who this person is, other than he just told me jacket shop. Now i got to find a jacket shop, which is the map is just confusing. For the most part, there's no like there's one area where you can pull up a map. Other than that, I haven't seen a map. And so I go to the jacket shop and I say, hey, um, I'm looking for a guy named Charlie. He's like, oh, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie uh, came by here not too long ago, but I haven't seen him since. Uh, He wears a tattoo on his right arm. Really dumb, if you ask me. Okay, thanks. I see. Then you ask him again. Hey, about the guy with the tattoo. Oh, yeah, he was here just the other day till seven o'clock waiting for bars to open i'm like oh you didn't think to tell me on the first bit of dialogue and then the next part he goes i see and that's it like he just whenever you finish a conversation uh ryu just goes i see mm-hmm. and that's it yeah it's just it's so annoying and like i said those controls i'm like feeling myself grip the controls in frustration i've never had that with a game's controls yeah it's just like you know if you were playing something on a joystick and you really want to like just make a turn or do a jump and you're like slamming the joystick to try and get it to do what you want to do that's how it is for every movement in this game like Mm -hmm. every component of it and it's so i can't believe i picked this game but i have to beat it now that's that's part of a new game's resolution a game you've always wanted to play which i have but i wish i would have looked up the controls on this and or not the controls but overall reviews like truthful reviews not from fanboys well they're gonna be definitely stilted and i mean it was a it was a big game when it came out so you got to cut it a little slack i've heard that the controls on the ps4 version are worse than the dreamcast version like the dreamcast apparently was bad but they said this is more awkward than even the dreamcast version Mm. so i just this game rated like nines out of ten for the most part all around and i'm starting to think it's more like fanboys jumping on the bandwagon like you have some truthful reviews that people are like 
yeah, the audio is kind of bad. The controls are really poor. Like, it's just not a good port. And you got all these people, oh, this is fantastic. It's Shenmue. Put in, like, this brand new yeah. light and remastered. Like, tons of fanboys, not enough critics. We need more critics on this game so we can drop down that score and not piss people off when they decide to play it. So, that that is my currently playing, Ryan. Uh, so, I'm still playing Final Fantasy XII. I've got... I keep looking at the guide and counting the pages till the end, so... I think the walkthrough ends on like 227 and I'm on like 186 and you know a lot of those last few pages are just like boss stats and stuff. There's a ton of extra stuff to do in this game and I I looked it up yesterday because I'm kind of at the point you know how a lot of Final Fantasies you hit a point where it's like all right things are going to step up here's a big field you can grind in. Yeah. So I could either do that or I could do some side quests and stuff, but I think I'm just going to blow through it because from what I looked up, people are like, oh, you know, why wouldn't you want to get everything out of a game and do the side quests? And then the next response, some guy was like, yeah, but they're all like old fetch quests with like bare bones. Like you don't really get anything out of it. Like the items aren't really worth it. So it's like, eh, I'll just, I'll just get through that. But. I did finish Link to the Past. Oh, nice. Yep. I finally you, did it. Your first game of 2020. Yeah. So I, uh, I've i never beaten that game before. I followed uh, a guy just to try to get the stuff in between doing each of the temples. You know, try to get all the heart pieces and stuff. I didn't succeed at that. I missed a couple. I think one of them was from one of the digging minigames. I just got tired of RNG screwing me, so I just stopped digging for it. But... Uh, and I had to look up at the end with Ganon because I was hitting him and then he like turns to ice or stone or something. And I'm like, what do I do? And then I was like, oh, OK, I got to shoot him with the silver arrows and it was done. Uh, one other thing that we've been playing this week. So my wife and I, uh, you know, holiday season, super busy. We finally got back to playing some Neverwinter Nights. And um, it's, you know, still clunky in terms of the overall performance and the frame rates and how things are in that game. And of course, it's still frustrating. Certain areas like in PC when you'd say attack this guy and your guy's just kind of standing there and doesn't do anything. Same concept, same issues, but we're actually having some fun with it. We finished a couple more side quests yesterday. We're getting a hang of the controls on the, uh, on the Nintendo switch for this and we're actually enjoying it. So pretty good stuff. So um, I would say for the price point of 50 bucks back then, totally regret paying what I paid. Definitely worth 30. If you can find it for 30 brand new, not 50. Mm-hmm. So just for anybody listening out there on that one uh and for anybody listening obviously find us on all of your podcast applications on apple and android find us on uh instagram twitter and facebook all of them are at the game deflators except twitter they just don't like the they so don't like the uh next thing dude news for the week news for the week so we're gonna open up with xbox won't have series x exclusives for at least a year this comes to us from Matt Kim at IGN. And uh, basically what Xbox is doing is all of their launch titles are going to be backwards compatible onto the current gen hardware as well. So you're going to have your regular Xbox One and then the Series X is going to come out with a slew of launch titles and you don't even have to buy that to play those games. You could just skip the... $500 investment or whatever the price point was. I think it was 500 
and go right back home and play it on your current gen hardware, which is cool. But I have a feeling it's going to hurt their launch window. Like, why Why would you launch with something that nothing is required to be played on? And it also makes me think of that article, and I referenced this a few weeks ago, uh, talking about, like, the hardware and the SSDs. Well, whenever you're developing for a console, you've got to kind of target the, the low-end specs as well as the high-end specs, but those low-end specs are going to keep the xbox one regular from being able to do some things or at least have as good a performance as it would on the series x and i'm wondering how that's mostly going to impact third-party developers because if they're going to be developing for the series x well not really because everything they have to develop has to be able to be played on the regular xbox one which is getting old so this reminds me and i brought this up as well a while back as to why companies don't do this as much and basically this was done back with playstation 1 playstation 2 right after ps1 was you know kind of getting out or phasing out they had ps2 and you had some games like mainly sports games you'd have a couple years worth of sports games. yeah they'd still kind of keep it alive with some of those yearly yeah. releases and at you, the tail end and you had some late playstation one releases that ended up not making on ps2 and obviously some ps2 early releases didn't go on ps1 so mm-hmm. i would think that it'd be better to do it that way and they even mentioned the article like most companies do like exclusives on that console to get you to to purchase that console but if you're going to put all of your games on both consoles and probably PC as well, given Microsoft's history of this, I don't see a reason to buy a brand new Series X at that point in time. I see a reason for kids to hide this information from their parents if they want that new console next Christmas. That's also true. Don't, don't tell the parents that you don't need the new console to play the new games. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not advocating for it, but we know <laughs> you can do it. Uh, so that's if we have kids listening. Uh, hopefully not, because given the curse words. But I would say that with this is just a bad move from microsoft like why would you not have some exclusives on your console that you can only get on there to fuel people to want to purchase that console if you're going to throw everything on the uh xbox one and they're talking like one to two years potentially on this that is dumb dude like just wait for the release of the console like why are you going to push the console if you're not ready well, to leave the last gen and after like two years a console's likely to drop in price anyways because they'll release some random ass slim console at that point mm-hmm. so why would like and, well, and uh, we already know they're going to be coming out with m- many different models of this yeah exactly that's already been addressed as well so like this is just poor upfront to say yeah we're gonna release a bunch of games they're gonna be exclusive later on and it's gonna be about a year or two before we actually like have any true exclusives of console i bet you sony's gonna come right out the gate and say nope Here's the, like, five games. I think they already have. Well, we've have. already seen God's Fall. Yeah, that's one game right off the bat. It's like, you're finding this on PlayStation 5. It is not going to be on PlayStation 4. Why? And they even take some of those games on PS4 and remaster them right away onto the PS5. So it makes zero sense. Like, Sony all the way to this generation. I'm going to call it here. I don't see Microsoft doing much. I'm going to say this is probably the last Xbox console as well. I mean... The way that they've been integrating with PC that we've seen through things like the Xbox Games Pass and uh, just releasing more titles on both and kind of owning that space and saying that, you know, Microsoft 
is the place to play. Not necessarily Xbox, not necessarily PC, but you could even, you know, mingle those two together with the Game Pass and you can have access to more than one place to play. And, you know, that's something that they could have probably embraced sooner. I know some things in the past have been like, well, where's the Master Chief collection for PC? And then it comes out. You know, there's certain things that people were like, well, I remember waiting forever for my friend to get uh, Halo 2 on PC because they just didn't put it out right away. Yeah. So, you know, they're embracing their their fans. And I think that a lot of people are ultimately going to benefit from this backwards compatibility. Like, I'm a fan of it. I think that it's cool. I just don't think it's smart. Well, and really, I mean, does it does it make Microsoft? I mean, they, yeah, they're a major player in the gaming space but this does this kind of make them still a direct competitor to sony in a sense i mean it does but like really i mean if you're going to your pcs are already existing items you have stuff on steam i guess that you can play you have the pc and then you've also got your xbox one and your new series x so there's multiple ways to play their games and while that's great sony's focused on here's our playstation they 5. know what they're yeah. doing they're targeted they're like yeah we're pushing this particular piece of hardware and that's we're rolling with whereas microsoft's like super fractured all over how they're doing this and it shows in the last console generation that microsoft just doesn't know what they're doing from an exclusive game standpoint yep so yeah with that being said though anything else on that before we move on nope rolling right into the next one talking uh, about ps5 yeah so ps5 and if anybody did not see the shocking shocking announcement they released the playstation 5 logo and it looks exactly like you would think it would look yeah there's there's i don't understand why this is such a dumb thing like what are they gonna call it what's the logo gonna look like i don't know probably what it looks like now but uh one number up probably what we've been calling it the last like i don't know decade you know for the most part like oh when they released the playstation 5 like we've been calling it this for years well they had a huge advantage like they were on the PS2 by the time the Xbox came out, and it's like nobody wants to be releasing the Xbox 3 when the PS4 is coming out because it just sounds bad, but it's like the same thing with iPhone. Like They've got that number scheme, and that works for them, and it's just so much smarter and more effective. Like Xbox is confusing everybody with their terms. Well, the Xbox, and then the Xbox One, and the Xbox One X, and the Xbox Series X, and they're all the same but they're all different but apparently you can play all the games on all of them so it doesn't really matter in the end it just depends on what kind of specs you want and in the uh, in the article they're saying that they still haven't really come out with like the full specs for the PS5 well that's one thing you got to love about Sony in this is that yeah the specs haven't been released yet but they're pretty much saying in the market here's what you're buying here's what you're going to get here's what you can expect Microsoft's like hey here's a wall of like 10 different items what do you want what are you trying to consider? Like, I appreciate the flexibility from them on this, but console gamers aren't really PC gamers for most part. The point or of like, a console is to be able to buy it and it plays everything for the next seven years and you're good. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care if, like, you know, the graphics are two times better on PC at that well, point. And like, I don't have I, an 8K TV anyways. Exactly. Like, I purchased this console to play these games and I know what I'm going to get and it's going to be this amount of time for this many years and when the next generation comes out, I'll upgrade at that point. Like, that's what console gamers do. If you want to play PC, then play PC. Don't force us into this, you know, hey, we're going to have like 10 different options for you to play these games. Like Sony's very targeted, like you said, and they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for years, and it's one of their core focuses. So 
I'm excited about PS5. Um, you had one other thing you were going to say on it, though. Well, I'm excited about it, too. Nick Stat is certainly excited to see them reveal this information possibly later this year at E3, but I looked it up. Sony's skipping E3 again, so I don't know what Sony's waiting for, really, to release the full specs, like if they're trying to make last-minute adjustments to compete with the Microsoft specs, I guess maybe, but that doesn't seem like something. Like, usually you have, like, the thing built, like it's already out there, you know, they have test models out there. We've seen all the pictures. Like, it's being developed on. Like, why keep it a secret? I don't understand what that is really protecting for them. Well, it's going to come out one day. You've had plenty of opportunities. You know, they could have gone to CES and told everybody what was in it. Why they decided not to, I don't know. I don't know how big of a deal that is. Well, really. CES seemed more like an investor type thing than anything else. It didn't. I don't know. The way that they presented that show, like they released a 360 audio thing for a car at that show. Uh, they showed like their sports camera work and such, which was actually pretty badass if you didn't see that. And they showed like oh, sales it's a trade numbers. show. Yeah, yeah. And they showed sales numbers for PlayStation 4. I think 106 million is what they said, which makes it officially the second best selling console, I believe. To the PS2, all time, to which PS... was like 140 something million. Uh, I think like 158, somewhere okay. around there. Yeah, it was pretty high. So. Yeah, with uh, with Sony, I don't I can see why they'd be hiding it. You know, like Microsoft is out here throwing all these specs out, all these numbers. For all we know, we have speculation of what Sony's releasing and what's going to be included. <clears throat> and we have a few tidbits of people have got certain information. Like we've talked about in the past or I think last week, the uh, 9.2 gig of yeah, teraflops. Yeah, the teraflops. Of, yeah, all the floppies. All the floppiness. So there's little bits of information have come out, but nothing I think has been like official. So this could be one of those, we've got other things we're doing. We're still kind of improving on this console. Like we're going to be building it, but we're not releasing anything yet because they might have some better well, specs in certain areas. And even if the specs aren't as good as the Xbox, like the PS4 Pro isn't as high spec as the Xbox One X. Yeah, so, and it still sells better. Yeah, it does. It doesn't really matter. People are coming to Sony for what Sony provides, and that's kick-ass exclusives. Exactly. Which Microsoft doesn't really have because you got it on three different consoles yeah. right now. So, I mean, that's the console war, you know, is kind of over. But I think this one's just kind of starting to really get heated up. We'll see as it goes through the rest of the year. And what when, else does, and when does Nintendo kick in on all this? Like, well, there was a small article that well, we I, weren't I really going to do. But yeah, there there is the rumored new Switch coming out halfway through... Well, 2020. No, no, I thought that was ramping up on the Switch Lite, is what that article was talking about. Like, ramping up production on Switch Lite numbers. Mm. I don't know if they're releasing a new Switch all of a sudden. Well, uh, there's been the rumors for, like, a Switch Pro model versus a Switch Lite model. So that would make sense. We'll see if Sony wants to participate, or uh, Nintendo wants to participate this year and also launch a new console. Yeah, I mean, I think Nintendo's doing okay on their own, given their market, they're given what they're fine. doing. People and, love the Switch. Well, and the stuff that's coming out on it is pretty quality stuff. Lots of great indie games are making their way hard copy-wise, and I like it. I enjoy playing the Switch. So, next thing was really cool. Uh, I watched this this morning. It was just a super random thing. It came up on like my Google feed mm -hmm. uh, this morning. And it was, um, there's a guy, I don't know the name offhand, was it Creep Creeper Hunter? Hunter? Yeah, so Creeper Hunter <clears throat> came out with a speed run of 
Outer Worlds, and it was like 12 minutes and yeah. 6 seconds or something. It was crazy. But the really cool thing about this particular speedrun is you had developers that were actually talking and doing commentary through the speedrun and just like, whoa, wait, he made that jump? Like, I didn't know you could make that jump. And other guy's like, oh, yeah, I used to do that in testing all the yeah. time. And they're just like, it's this really cool back and forth. It was through um, IGN, actually. And it's just this really cool back and forth that um, anybody listening should check out. What did you think of it overall? Uh, I like to see this kind of developer engagement. I like to see developers, you know, reacting to what the community is doing with their games. And I think this is a fun way. Uh, I like speedrunning. I don't really watch like, what is it? 80 EQ awesome games done quick or whatever. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there's uh, a big show they do every year for charity where they have speedrunners go in and you know you get donations and raise a bunch of money and it's really cool uh i've never been good enough at any game to speed run the best i ever did was i beat re4 like three times in one day and i got it narrowed down to like six hours or seven hours or something which is pretty good i think but probably not nearly as good as you need to be like speed running's crazy cool and uh i like to see you know what the developers actually think of what's being done with it and it was fun they were they were good commentators too it was it was interesting the really it's worth the 12 minute watch for sure yeah a little more i think it's like 15 um so the one thing i found that was pretty cool with this particular uh, speed run the commentary was just how they always had this like the way that they talked about um you know when a cut scene would happen they'd say oh yep just skipping right over that great cut scene we made mm -hmm. and uh uh, what was it? There was a code that some particular person had. And he's like, why is he going there? Like, does he yeah. have to get this code? And I'm like, oh, he's fast traveling. Like, yeah. that's what he's doing. Like, it was just really cool to see, like, their surprise and how somebody was breaking certain mechanics. And the funniest part was, I felt, with um, he was, like, speeding through some dialogue really quick. And he just goes, well, it's good to know our game isn't broken. And he's able to do this so quickly. Mm -hmm. So it was just really cool to just, you know, like I said, hear them talking about their game, really getting to see somebody speed run through it and their perspective on like wow i can't believe like he's doing all of these things like we didn't think about this we thought we put in a hard gate yeah just all these crazy things that they discuss that it really gives you kind of an idea into their mindset on we were trying to prevent something like this from happening so we did this but this guy truly exploited it yeah and they even had mentioned they're like yeah, we didn't expect somebody to exploit this that fast. Like, mm -hmm. they knew it existed and there was a reason for it, but they didn't think it'd be figured out that quickly. I mean, games are so complex to build. I mean, there's no end to things that players can discover on how to, you know, get around certain problems that you might not even realize are problems because you're focused on making a good game. You're not really focused on making a locked box that can't be toyed with. Yeah, and it made me happy to kind of, you know, listen to that and hear him say, yeah, you know, like, I'm happy this isn't broken. I ha yeah. I'm happy this is working just fine. Like, the way that he's playing this game, like, it wasn't intended to be played like this, but seeing our work and understanding that it's actually working how it should be, even like the most stressful situations, uh, it, it was really cool to kind of hear that perspective. See, I'm going to keep this in mind for uh, a new game's resolution down the road. Because I can just go and look this video up again, and I can probably beat the game in like 20, 30 minutes and be done with it. Like, I won't set a speed run, but I can probably follow the video and get through it.
You know, that's actually a pretty good point. Exploiting, uh, exploiting some. You know, Oblivion was actually like this too. Uh, I See if s- there's a way you can backdoor your way through Shenmue through like a crouch jump somewhere. I don't even think there's any jumping in that. Like, let alone the combat. Oh, dude, the combat in that game is horrible as well. So you have like quick time events that you have to do or QTEs. Yeah, and they're okay like so far, but. He'll take like he took like, this big biker guy or sailor, and he just like grabs him, slings him over his shoulder, and the guy's just like knocked out. Like really, you just picked up this huge flipping sailor, flipped him over your shoulder, and he's knocked out and mm-hmm. done. And then the other guy, he's like, oh, let me just kind of slow motion sidestep, elbow you in the face really quick, and then that guy's knocked out. It's like let's go, we have to run. So, uh, yeah, if I can exploit a hole in Shenmue, be fantastic. Um, Oblivion though, so I believe it was my cousin years ago told me and i haven't really confirmed this or looked up anything but you told me i think you could beat oblivion in maybe 20 minutes and it's the same concept for all of these games you do the side or the main mission and you can complete an x amount of hours it's where all of those side quests come into play that it takes all that time to beat one of these types of games Mm -hmm. so that's that's right up your alley dude there we go fallout all the fallout games all the Elder Scrolls games, and now Outer Worlds, you can beat like six games in a month. There we go. Be awesome. Okay, sounds like uh, we should get into our next section of news. So the last thing we got today is uh, Sega teases a 2020 Sonic Adventure remake. So this video uh, is from Around the Clock on YouTube. Check him out. Um, The original video is from the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter. And it's just a clip for Sonic fans being like, hey, you know, Sonic, he's cool. We love Sonic in 2020. Sonic showing up some cool stuff for you. But the big deal that they have here is they have a bunch of hidden messages stored in the in the video. Let me pull that up. You can see those two will link uh, to Nintendo Wire. They have an article out that kind of pulls all the same stuff that he put together in his video. Uh, And throughout the video, there's these little uh, white text messages across the screen, and they say, A glimmer of flame, growing with each success, enduring every challenge. Within this, my last puzzle, remember the words, Ignis Aurum Probat. This next chapter belongs to you. And that phrase, Ignis Aram Probat, uh, he talks about it in the video, means uh, fire tests gold. So they're obviously trying to drop some hints in here. You know, we've seen other studios. They love to drop these like cryptic messages through Twitter to soft launch, you know, some ideas in people's minds. I was actually uh, checking out Bluepoint Games right now just to... Do they have anything new? No, nothing new. Just a bunch of Legend of Dragoon fanboys on here posting gifts of Legend of Dragoon. There you go. Yeah. Well, so he speculates that there could be, you know, either a remake of Sonic Adventure. He talks a little bit about a composer and a live performance that was done with kind of like a retake on the original intro song to Sonic. And uh, that's all through some leaks. Um, I think that... 
this is all fun. I always love these kind of like AR game, like, hey, here's a code, see what you can find. It's always fun for the community to get like hype. But Sonic Adventure, people have been talking about Sonic Adventure since it came out and everybody thinks it's the best thing ever. But I've watched enough YouTubers play Sonic Adventure that uh, who wants a remake of that game? The game was terrible. It is the best game ever. Come on now. So Sonic Adventure, I don't see this as a remake, actually. I'm wondering if Sonic Adventure gonna... 3. Yeah, a new Sonic Adventure. See, but that's the thing is like people keep talking about Sonic Adventure. Leave Sonic Adventure in the past and just be happy with the Sonic you have now. Well, here's the thing. I read another article uh, while you weren't looking. So, yes, I read other articles and they had talked about how Sega has, is kind of beating a dead horse, obviously. Yeah. You know, it, it's Sonic. Like how much Sonic can you get? But look at Mario. You could get a movie. Yeah, well, yeah, you could get a move. Yeah, don't, let's not talk about that right now. Let's wait until we actually watch this, and I don't even know if I want to watch it. I might just red box it. Right. So, basically, uh, you know, they talk about it beating a dead horse and how Sonic is the same type of thing rehashed every time. What about Mario? Mario's been rehashed so many times as is, but they always continually go back to Mario's roots to try and get you a good quality game. And, well, Sonic... and there's, they're good stewards of that franchise. Like, I feel like Sega has just not taken good care of Sonic. Like, no. do we need to talk about... Uh... We need to call video game protection services on Sega. Yeah, do we need to talk about Sonic 06? Does anybody need to bring that up again? Sonic Color, Sonic Black. Yeah, I mean, they really haven't taken care of their franchise, which sucks because it's Shadow. such a yeah and whatever the pink one is it finds jewels i forget what game that is so realistically the article mentions that they're by doing a sonic adventure remake i would hope a sonic adventure like new game so a three potentially they'd be going kind of back to those roots in a sense you're not going to get another good side scrolling sonic those days are over well no there was that one that came out on switch that was really successful yeah it was the like rehash sonic of, mania yeah it was like all the old sonic games was anything crazy people loved it well yeah because they're sega fans they're gonna love it look at if you look at well, how it was many... made by a sega fan too well yeah so i mean at the end of the day yeah exactly it's made by a sega fan like those are the people that are that audience so i would say that by getting back to like a sonic adventures it's kind of like mario odyssey in a way mario odyssey had this like really cool nostalgic nintendo 64 experience but also implemented other like parts of the franchise mm -hmm. within the game itself a new Sonic adventure could do just that for Sonic. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have like a totally new Sega console because I could never see Sega releasing another console, but they could get back to their roots and release a great Sonic game for people. Well, they tried. Uh, what was that Sonic game that came out like a year or two ago where you like make your custom character and. I don't know. I didn't play it because I'm not there's a Sonic so person. Many, there's I've so never, many Sonic games. I've never been a Sonic fan. I'm happy for sonic fans to get all hype up about this again but it's not the first time and it won't be the last time until a sonic adventure 3 comes out everything that sega posts about sonic people are going to think is going to be a sonic adventure 3 or a sonic remake like we have sonic adventure 1 sonic adventure 2 sonic adventure dx or something sonic adventure battle battle 2 there's like how many sonic games can they release and that's what's really killing is you they went ahead and deviated from their formula for so long. And if you look at all the different console generations, how many Sonic games exist after Dreamcast, it's crazy, dude. 
Yes, so uh, many... storybook series, which nobody really liked. That's the thing is most of them are just not great games, and people keep holding on to hope for more good stuff. Like, yeah. they got lucky with Sonic Mania. I have a lot of the Sonic games. Um, I think I might have close to all of them as far as general releases are concerned. And they're just not that great, in my opinion. We're probably going to get a lot of hate for that, for anybody listening. Hey, if you're a big Sonic fan out there and you think that we're wrong, tell us. Tell us where you can tell us, John. Uh, well, we already told you like earlier if you were listening, but if you skipped ahead for some really random reason. Just to uh, get to the Sonic. They wanted to got to go fast, man. But they're Can't not going to the whole podcast. I don't outline the times. Well, if you are listening right now and you skipped ahead to listen to Sonic and you didn't hear what I said before, you could find us on all of your Apple and Android applications for podcasts are all over the place. Uh, Podbean, Podaddict. Anywhere, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and then find us on social media, Twitter, at Game Deflators, YouTube, I think it's at The Game Deflators on there, uh, Facebook and Instagram, at The Game Deflators. So look us up on there, lots of fun pictures, lots of fun commentary, and lots of memes, most importantly. And leaving Sonic in the dust, we've got today's Inflation Deflation Challenge, everybody. We're doing James Pond 3 Operation Starfish. This was uh, developed by Victrodian and Millennium Interactive, published by EA designer Chris Sorrell. And I looked up because I accidentally thought we were doing James Pond 1. He's the designer, programmer, and artist on these games. Uh, he had some help with the art on this one. And uh, this was released in 1993 to mostly positive reception. So I actually looked up Sorrell because I, I wanted to try and tag him. And we still can uh, after it's done. Just we'll have to tag the at James Pond game uh, Twitter account. He hasn't been active on there for like five years. It looks like they were planning on doing like a new James Pond game. Yeah, they tried to do a Kickstarter in 2013. Yeah, and but it they never had to happened. pull it down because they weren't going to get the funding. Yeah, which kind of sucks because I really liked this game. I thought it was really cool. Talking about Mario and Sonic, this is truly like a blend of Mario and Sonic. It really is. 100% blend of those two games. You've got that same kind of uh, sloping speed momentum Sonic, uh, but a lot of... Uh, Jumping on, jumping on enemies, collecting moons, which are really the equivalent to your coins in Mario. Other types of collectibles, which would really be the equivalent to it has a, a Sonic. world map, like yes. uh, Super Mario World. Yep, it has a world map, but it opens up in the same type of, like, you know, how um, in Sonic, how it kind of comes up with World 1, Level 2, mm -hmm. World 1, Level 3. Yeah. It kind of comes up and it's like... Yeah, you're in, I think it was Parmesan Fields or something like that that we on were located. On the moon. Yeah, exactly. A fish on the moon. A secret agent fish on the moon. Exactly. And I I would say from a negative perspective on this, the one thing I didn't like was that punch ability. I felt it wasn't needed. Like, you could have used that to just... We were able to pick up stuff like Unless guns and bombs. there's something we hadn't run into yet that could only be punched. Well, no, no. I, I did run into a couple things. So they have, like, these signal things that go off kind of like um like an alien alert type of deal and you're supposed to punch those mm. like that's what the punch functions for mm. and you would typically take like you know to pick up items and throw items like i really don't think the punch option is necessary uh i think you probably could have gotten away with this game in just having the ability to pick up certain items and then just use those items which you can do but there's still a punch function which is kind of stupid outside of item retrieval mm -hmm. so in a little bit of time that you played 
Did you enjoy yourself? Not really. I am uh, not a platformer. Well, I'm not big on platformers. I do like platformers, but not that much. But also, I just don't like the Sega. I never had a Shh, Sega. Don't, don't say that. Sega gauges will hear you or something. The the three buttons. I don't like there being three buttons. I want an even number of buttons. That controller has six, sir. So that is an even number of buttons. Yeah, you see that? Six. But oh, wrong one. Look at my turbo controller. Six buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I never really, I never played much Sega. I know I've said this every time we've played a Sega game, but, um... I don't know. It was okay. The sound was great. The visuals were really good. Uh, I thought the level design seemed, you know, adequate. I don't know. There the was sprites like, were on point, dude. There was a zillion little things to collect. So if you're... But they seem kind of weirdly placed. Like, it'd be, just be like, well, here's a big splotch. Like, imagine running into a room in Mario, and there was like... A million coins. 60 coins. And then you go to the next room and there's like 60 more. It's like at some point you're just picking up coins for really, no I, I guess just to get your high score. But like who plays the platformer for high score, I guess. Some people do. I guess. Mainly it's speed running. Not though. me. No, I don't either. I just play it to play it. Uh, well, with this game, I would say it would have benefited from a multi-release on like a Super Nintendo. Uh, I think that we probably could have got maybe a cleaner game. But the sprites I felt were on point for this. And the music, dude. That music, music was, was good. Oh, man. And you missed out on uh, when I first got here, I'd let the load screen kind of go for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this really badass music going on. Story was breaking out. It was just kind of showing everything that was occurring. It was really cool. I mean, this must be a pretty well-remembered franchise for some people out there. I mean, obviously, they made three of them and they wanted to try to kickstart another one later. So uh, if you have good memories of James Pond, let us know. But as far as price-wise, which is why we're all here for the Inflation Deflation Challenge to see, is this game worth adding to your collection? John has the complete inbox. With poster. With poster. Sega Genesis version. That's going to be $19.95. Now, that just peaked in November at $19.99, and it's been at $19.99 in the past. So this game's pretty steadily right around the $20 mark for the last few years at least, and it seems like it's holding pretty good. You could probably get a little bit of deal. There was a few years ago where it kind of like dropped down, somebody got it for a steal, but for the most part, you could expect to pay 20 bucks for this. If you want a loose copy, that's gonna run you 11.63. That's actually the highest price that it's been at, uh, and that seems to be holding there for now as well. So, you know, for the extra eight bucks, uh, the manual in here is great. We were looking through the manual in the back. It has uh, some s just kind of fun facts about the development. You know, it breaks down all the items and characters in the game. Bring back manuals. I know we've talked about that before. I think that for the extra eight bucks, if like if you're going to buy this game and you have the option to buy it loose or in the box and it's only going to be eight bucks more. Buy it in the box. It's a good box. It's a good manual. Uh, it'll look better on your shelf. Yep. You know, I would spring for it. I don't know if it's worth $20. Well, but, it's worth it if you want to buy the box. Well, it's worth it for the upgrade. Like, I'm saying, is the game loose oh, the game worth $11.63? I'll say that the box is worth $8, but is the game itself worth 
1163, John. So think of this from a digital perspective. If you bought this game right now on a Switch or PS4 digitally, what would you be willing to pay for this game? I think it is on Switch. Okay, well, what would you be willing to pay for this game? While you look it up, uh, I'll go over some pros on it. So good sprites, good music. Uh, the overall controls were not bad. I actually felt like I had control of the character for the most part. Um, and I felt that the level design was great for what we had. So I would say at a complete in-box rate of nineteen ninety-five, right on point. I don't think you need to go any higher than that uh, with this game. Loose at eleven sixty-three. I would argue you could probably... You know, if this game was selling at fifteen dollars, you can wouldn't... get James Pond Robocod, which isn't this same game, for nine dollars. Okay, so you're looking at a digital release of a game at nine dollars, loose copy, eleven sixty three. So I would be willing to pay nine dollars for that game. I would probably also be willing to pay fifteen if I knew how much time I was going to get out of it. So if I was going to get a good amount of hours out of a game. I would be okay paying $15 for a loose copy. How about yourself? So, I think that this game is really good for somebody who loves the Genesis, who really wants to go back in time, and, you know, they've beaten all the Sonics, man. They're a Sonic, Sega fanboy and they're like i gotta have a way and they to wanna... get more sonic into my sega and they want to play mario here for you well they want to play mario too but they don't want to cheat on sega so yeah you're right man james pond i think that there is a great audience for this and it's just not me and i will say that um 12 bucks isn't bad for a game 20 bucks for a nice piece for your shelf I can see this definitely being a game that you're not just going to put on yourself. I could definitely see this being a game that people are going to play. It's it's well-made game. So um, it sounds like without rounding up, you said 12 bucks, I said 15. We can say that this is deflated, probably worth a little bit more than what it's got going for it. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's current peak right now says a lot for it. We don't often see that, especially with the loose games that, you know, right now is the best the most money that it has been. So I think maybe other people are starting to appreciate this title too. And uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, I think it could be deflated. That's good. Yeah. That's a good rating. I feel so uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do next week. And then um, probably a good point to make. We're going to have a couple episodes, you know, we've already planned this, but anybody listening now, we're going to have some time in about mid February. John's going to be going away. Yeah. Well, yeah. For a little while. For a little while. So we're going to have a couple episodes pre-recorded just for that period of time. Fun just episodes. a little something different to break up the format. And in fact, we're doubling up today, which is pretty sweet. I'm really excited about these, and they'll be released as standard, I think, episode 65 or something. I don't I don't know offhand which ones. So, yeah, should be exciting. Um, we probably shouldn't release it as episode 65 in a recording because we don't know what number we're going to be on. What do you mean? Well, if we released it in several weeks, and count the weeks, John. Well, I'll try. Math is we'll, not a strong We'll do point. all this behind-the-scenes stuff behind the scenes. Until next time, I'm Ryan. No, you're not. I'm John. I'm Ryan. I'm John. Yes. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.